techlawtracker.com. Hello, and welcome to Tech Law Tracker's second episode. I'm your host, Margo Cruz. Today, I'll be reading about three bills, which are A00506, the Computer Spyware Protection Act, A01399, which relates to telecommunications and cable corporations and their call centers, and thirdly, A02. 048, which is about a tax credit for internet service providers who expand service to remote areas. None of these bills have passed yet, but that's a trend I'm seeing with most of the bills I've been reading about telecommunications and the internet. And that is actually true for the vast majority of bills, because only a small fraction of the bills put forth in any session are passed, most die in committee. For this session so far, which is 2017 to 2018, 332 bills, Assembly and Senate-wide, have been signed into law, and 85 are currently waiting for the governor's signature. This is for all bills, not just internet and telecommunications bills. So maybe a few of these bills that I'm reading will pass at the end of this legislative session, and maybe these bills will be forgotten. But either way, we will have a picture of what was out there this session when we take a look at the bill's proposed next session. So, now for my first bill. This is A00506. It's the Computer Spyware Protection Act, and its sponsor is Robert J. Rodriguez from the 68th District, which is East Harlem in Manhattan. That's actually where my family lives. The Computer Spyware Protection Act prohibits the installation, transmission, and use of computer software that collects personally identifiable information, which is spyware, authorizes the Attorney General to bring a civil action against any person who violates any provision of this section and seeks damages ranging from $1,000 to $1 million. So this bill prohibits a lot of the ways that one can think of to steal someone's personal information through software and through Internet browsers including when a piece of software makes it seem like you've successfully deleted it, when a web browser intentionally takes you to another site or deceptively makes you look at one site or makes you think it's a different site in order to collect your information. This bill also prohibits using randomized or intentionally deceptive file names, directory folders, formats, or registry entries for the purpose of avoiding detection within your computer and removing and removal of the software by the authorized user, the computer user, and it prohibits a site from overloading your browser with pop-up windows or messages, as it calls them, to the point that you can't close them without quitting the browser or turning off your computer. These are just a few of the ways that it lists as spyware mechanisms. Of course, not every bill can list every possible way, and spyware evolves every day, phishing evolves every day but I think that that was their intention, to list as many as possible. Uh, Lastly, this bill allows for damages for the violation of this act, which are the things I just mentioned, for at least $1,000, but it was at most $1 million. So people could bring a case for such damages would be the attorney general, any individual computer user harmed by a violation, or a trademark holder whose mark was used in order to deceive people in violation of this act. So, like I said, this bill is still stuck in committee. There hasn't, haven't been any votes on it. And um, on January 9th, it was referred to the Economic Development Committee. 
Um, that being said, I thought this was interesting because it seemed like an attempt to make explicitly illegal a lot of the methods that phishing and and spyware use to collect people's personal information. And perhaps there will be more bills like this in the future. It also seemed interesting because it's, it's an example of criminal laws trying to catch up to the new situations that the Internet created. People have always used different methods, even in real life, to steal personal information, maybe for identity theft, maybe for reselling that information. Who knows? But this was an example of laws on the books catching up to methods online. So I thought it was interesting, and we'll see where that goes. It may come to a state near you. The second bill is more of a jobs bill. It is A01399. It's same as is S00582. That means there's an identical Senate bill probably proposed either at the same time or around the same time. And this is usually done so that the Senate and the Assembly can attempt to pass a bill together because both the Senate and the Assembly have to pass a bill in order for it to move on to possibly be signed by the governor. The sponsor is Kevin A. Cahill of New York's 103rd Assembly District, and he was first elected in 1992. This bill directs telecommunications and cable corporations to provide call center service assistance from centers located within the state and such corporations' service areas includes a list of what services must be provided. This bill would amend the public service law and general business law in relation to telecommunications and cable call centers. It seems like this is a bill to make sure to keep call centers in New York State. And the interesting thing I thought about it was that call centers can't even be moved around within New York State without, hearing, without a hearing before the commission, which I assume means the Public Service Commission mentioned at the end of this bill on line 17. Of course, I'll post a link to this bill in the show notes on techlawtracker.com. This Public Service Commission is the New York State Department of Public Service, and their job is to protect and assist utility customers. So they have an Office of Consumer Services, which is about resolving disputes with utilities, and they have an Office of Consumer Policy, which addresses policy matters. These policy matters include low-income programs, rate cases and proceedings, service quality, smart grid, retail competition, economic involvement, and other policy-related development. So in case you want to know more about them, I'll post a link to their site in the show notes. You can also view most, if not all, of their hearings live on webcasts, and they post schedules online. I especially will post a link to their telecommunications services page. I thought this was interesting, and I think that the Department of Public Service is interesting because how each state regulates their telecommunications providers definitely affects how each internet provider operates and how they make their decision, their decisions based on where to open offices, where to provide services. And this definitely impacts how much companies charge for internet service and how available they make that service. So I thought that was an interesting way to know about how 
in New York State, the post legislation areas are regulated. And with that, we have another bill that fits into the same category, except this is a tax bill that gives a tax break to internet service providers when they bring service to a remote area or an underserved area in New York State. So this bill is A02048. It does not have a same-as bill in the Senate, um, but this is a tax bill that creates a tax credit for broadband, in broadband internet service providers for providing internet service to underserved areas. From what I could make sense of within this bill, it was there were a lot of numbers and calculations going around. This tax credit would equal 10% of the qualified expenditures for current generation broadband and lists out those, exp those expenditures in detail and then 20% of next generation broadband expenses. So it seems like these tax credits are only supposed to be given for a company doing extra work further than what they would naturally have laid out in terms of broadband service. For current and next generation broadband tax credit, the bill says that such credit shall only apply to the part of the service built, A, from the node to the home, B, from the point of presence to the home, or C, from the central office to the home. The bill also says that for current generation broadband credit, providers may multiply qualified expenditures by a fraction, and this is where things got a little confusing, the numerator, which is the number on top, is the sum of the total potential subscribers in rural areas plus potential subscribers in rural areas, big question mark, that equal that equipment capable of serving with current generation broadband services. The denominator of this number that the expenditures can be multiplied by which is the number on the bottom, is the total potential subscriber population of that area that the equipment would be capable of serving with current generation broadband services. If you want to know more specifics on that calculation, you can definitely go read the bill, which I will post on techlawtracker.com. The underserved areas, as defined in this bill, means any census tract which is located in a, an empowerment zone or enterprise community designated under Section 1391 of the United States Internal Revenue Code of 1986, and B, a renewal community designated under Section 1400E of the United States Internal Revenue Code of 1986 as well, or also in this Internal Revenue Code, a low-income community designated under 45D of that IRS code of 1986. Given that that IRS code is so old, it's probably out of date, but that's also probably the best thing they have to approximate from. So we'll see how companies end up taking advantage of that, where they end up providing more services. There's obviously a lot of areas of New York State that are actually very remote and very rural. and where it hasn't been so worth it for broadband service providers to extend service. Also, this bill is would only be effect, in effect until March 31st of 2021, so that means that this tax credit would only be going on until 2021, so it would be a limited time sort of construction-only tax credit. 
So that's it for bills today. They were definitely very logistics-focused this time around, and I'll have some more for you next week. Good luck, everyone, with putting the finishing touches on your Halloween costumes, and I will see you, or you will hear me, next Sunday. This has been another episode of Tech Law Tracker with Margot Cruz. Tech Law Tracker. Tech Law Tracker.